0: So we're in the middle of a series. Actually, that might not be true. We're on the end of a series. We're like at the three-quarter mark of a series uh, in the book of James. And we started it um, in October, and we will finish it in 2014. And uh, we we find ourselves in James uh, chapter 3, uh, verse 13. And last week, I covered a lot of ground. I covered a lot of verses. Tonight I'm covering one. I'm covering James three thirteen, um, and that's an awesome one. But I want to encourage us with this before we continue. We will miss the point of James. James's powerful message on wisdom. In this section, if we don't acknowledge and recognize the connection of the themes that we just got done covering in the previous sections, some very difficult themes themes about of taming the tongue and the damage that tongues can bring when there's not surrender to the Lord. what we talked about last week after after reading james's words, he says, No man can tame the tongue that's true. no man can tame the tongue, but Jesus did. And so that's why we submit our lives to Him and give Him control of our lives. Because through Him, we walk in strength, we walk in power, we give Him control. That section ties into this section as we talk about wisdom. James has just given his readers a dramatic wake-up call. The certainty of judgment and the reality that judgment, because of the horrible evil that we can do with our tongues, is a very real threat. Once again, driving home the need for Jesus, driving home the need for us to live lives submitted to him. It leads us to some vital and necessary questions that we must face. Questions such as, how can I hope to control my behavior, such as my speech, when it flows from at times corrupt character in my heart? How can my heart be changed from a selfish state to one that, that freely gives and that freely receives? After the last two weeks, I believe it's a fair question, is there, is there any hope at all? Is there even any hope? Do we, or is it hopeless? It's in this next passage of Scripture that James just wonderfully takes us into the hope of Jesus Christ. Hope that's found through the completed work of Jesus. James is a a hard book. It's a challenging book. It's a book that reminds us of the impossibility of living a righteous life on our own strength. And I know those are very strong words. The impossibility, impossible, to live a righteous life of our own strength. One thing that James is Letter to the church makes very clear is our need for Jesus Christ. He writes about a grace and an empowering that only comes from God. Aspects of this grace and empowering will include gaining wisdom from God, asking for provision from God, living in friendship with God. What a wonderful thing to be called a friend of God. Drawing near to God and Him drawing near to us and and being lifted up to God. Do you guys recognize a reoccurring theme here? God. It is all about God. It is all from God. It is all received from God. Church, we've got to have an utter dependence upon God. We're Americans. We don't like to be needy. We're Americans. We can do anything. we got... Ingenuity and stick with itness and grit and all those great things. Friends, it's not a sign of weakness to acknowledge our need for a loving Savior. Our need of a God who paid the price for you and I, who did away with a false system of, of rules that we could never adhere to that we could never live up to it was called the law and not even the best of us could adhere to it and and live up to its 700 and some odd laws and decrees and Jesus did away with it and he simplified it to this point believe in me receive the work I just did for you declare me Lord of your life In this James chapter 3, James develops this message by asking a series of three questions which can be answered as follows. No, no, and not me. No, and that's necessary. That's totally vital to that. No, and not me. First question, does a fountain send out and gush forth from the same opening, both fresh and bitter water? No. Can a fig tree produce olives or a vine produce figs? No. And who among you is wise and understanding? Not me. Let's look at that passage. It's James 3, it's 11 through 13. We're going to camp on 13. Does a fountain send out from the same opening both fresh and bitter water? Can a fig tree, my brethren, produce olives, or a vine produce figs? Nor can salt water produce fresh. Who among you is wise and understanding? Let him show by his good behavior his deeds in the gentleness of wisdom. It's this last verse that is so rich we're not just going to dismiss it we're going to dissect it and go through it. Who among you is wise and understanding? Let him show by his good behavior his deeds and the gentleness of wisdom. When James invites people who are supposedly wise and full of understanding to step forward and identify themselves, it's, it's a challenge for all of us to be realistic and honest in an examination of our lives. James wants all of his readers to know what true wisdom means, but especially those who, are, who think they are wise enough to teach others, which James talks about in James chapter 3, verse 1. So it's really, it's a good challenge. What he gives is more of a description than a definition of wisdom. In fact, he's been describing it all throughout his letter so far. He's been describing wisdom with his talk of believing God relying on God's goodness. Walking the walk and not just talking the talk. Doing what God's word says and living the righteous life that God desires. Now he will take this description and he will give it a name. That name is wisdom. And that description that I just went over, it's sufficient. That doesn't mean I'm going to stop there's too much more good stuff, but believe in God, relying on God's goodness, doing what the Word of God says, living the righteous life that God desires. Wisdom. In the next few verses that we'll cover, two weeks from tonight, James will describe wisdom even further as a pure, humble submissiveness to God, which results in a life of goodness, purity, mercy, Abundant fruit and peace towards others. To explain this chapter 3, verse 13, I've kind of broken it down into three components, three aspects of wisdom. The nature of wisdom, the requirement of wisdom, and the character of wisdom. The nature of wisdom, the requirement of wisdom, and the character of wisdom. The nature of wisdom. Let's read that passage again. Verse 13. Who among you is wise and understanding? Let him show by his good behavior his deeds in the gentleness of wisdom. The impact of the question that he poses must be faced. Who among us are wise? And understanding that, which means intelligent, experienced, one having the knowledge or being an expert. For those who honestly desire to be wise, this question is not a challenge, but an invitation. An invitation that I think James freely was out there and is chomping at the bit to answer. James's answer will provide them with the tools and the way to attain their desire to be what? To be wise. James is saying, I'm about to tell you of the true nature of wisdom. Treasure this. Value this. Grab a hold of this. Believe this. So I'll ask us, do we really want to be wise? I think we do. I think that's an earnest part of who we are. We desire to be wise. I don't want to just be wise when I'm old. I want to be wise now. The true nature of wisdom desires to be wise and is willing to submit to God's ways in order to gain wisdom. The true nature of wisdom is willing submission to God. Willing submission to God. I'm I'm a big guy. Not the biggest guy in this room, but I'm capable of putting a man in submission. I'm definitely capable of putting a, a boy to submission. But that's not what God does to us. He doesn't force us into submission. He allows us to come to Him with willing submission, willing yieldedness. He doesn't force His way upon us. He doesn't impose His way upon us. He's given us freedom to come to Him willingly. The true nature of wisdom is willing submission to God. And if we truly desire to be wise, then we must be willing to submit to the answer that James brings forth about the requirement of wisdom. The requirement of wisdom. Consistent with James's previous instructions, James, again, requires sincere actions to prove mere words. James covered this with faith. There's got to be actions that prove your words. You have wonderful words. Where are your actions? You have faith? Wonderful! Show me your faith by your works. That's in James chapter 2 verse 18, but someone may well say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without the works and I will show you my faith by my works. And James brings this point up again in verse 13 when he says, let him show by his good behavior his deeds in the gentleness of wisdom. Who claims to be wise? Let him show it by his behavior. Who claims to be wise? Let's examine his behavior. It's the exact same word for deeds and works that James used in James chapter two. Show me your works. Show me your deeds. Show me. Show me the money. You know, I can't help I gotta, I gotta think of Jerry Maguire. I mean, that's not scriptural, but you know, Jerry Maguire was birthed out of James chapter, you know, two. So that's awesome. I didn't know that. We've got to demonstrate wisdom through godly living. That's, that's the clear point he's making here. There is no wisdom without a demonstration of our faith, without a demonstration of what God has given us. What is James trying to say again? And I love that James is so redundant with us. He's so repetitive with us. He keeps coming back saying, let me just say it again and again and again. Like faith, genuine wisdom shows up in how we live our lives. Let him show by good behavior his deeds of humility and we'll see his wisdom. You guys, wisdom is not something that we merely possess in our head. If I'm wise, wisdom is something that I will demonstrate in my actions. If we are wise, it is something we will demonstrate in our actions. Words, Words are weak. Words are weak. There's a lot of broken promises. There's a lot of empty claims out there. Words are weak. A demonstration of what we believe through our actions is not. Who among you is wise and understanding? Let's him show by his good behavior, his deeds in the gentleness of wisdom. We just got done talking about the requirement of wisdom being actions, not words. So what is the character of wisdom? It's intentional that I keep reading this one verse. Show his good behavior through His deeds and the gentleness of wisdom. The word for gentleness is the Greek word praeutas. And it means mildness of disposition, gentleness of spirit, meekness and strength. And it's the same word that James uses in James 1.21 that's translated as humility. In James 1.21 he says, Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness in humility receive the word implanted which is able to save your souls you guys quite simply the character of wisdom is humility wise deeds will be done in humility I think this is key I think it's key because I feel I've seen a lot of arrogant wisdom in my days and it's not godly as someone who has the privilege of getting up here and preaching Jesus each week, there, should be, there shouldn't be an arrogance in the things that I proclaim as wisdom. There should be humility. Why? Because I know who my source is and I'm utterly dependent upon him. Because I know who I was. I know what I did. You guys have only known me, some of you for a few minutes, some of you for a few years. I know who I was for most of my life. Flawed. Broken. In need of a healer. In need of a Savior. And I know who I am now after the receiving of the work of Jesus Christ in my life. Wise deeds will be done in humility. Guys, it is not about me and it is not about you. Say it. It's not about me. Guys, that goes against everything our culture tells us. Everything our culture tells us. What what our culture tells us is everything's about you. You deserve it all. Grab the golden ring. Everything's about you. It's not about us. Genuine and vital Christian behavior is described throughout the entire book of James. Humility, is the character trait that exemplifies the lifestyle of vital Christianity. Humility. There's nothing weak about meekness. There's a strength in being meek and having a gentle spirit. I'm a big guy. Big guys aren't exempt from just flowing and being used in gentleness through our Lord and Savior. It's called humility. Humility. If we truly want to take these teachings to heart, then this is the one character trait, guys, that we must develop, we must desire, we must ask the Lord for, and we must let our life demonstrate. This message that James is taking us through right now, this message that I am in turn bring into you. It's meant to do one thing and one thing only. One thing. And I've said it before. To remind us just how much we need Jesus. We desire humility. We desire wisdom. We want to demonstrate behavior that's consistent with wisdom. I know I do. This is not done of our own strength. It's not done of our own learnedness. It's not done out of our own anything. It's done out of first acknowledging our need for Jesus and then receiving His completed work. I want to read... 13 again, and then through 18. Who among you is wise and understanding? Let him show by his good behavior his deeds in the gentleness of wisdom. But, if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. This wisdom is not that which comes down from above, but is earthly and natural and demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exists, There is disorder and every evil thing. Guys, this is so true. Where there is a lack of godly order in our lives, there is chaos. And there is selfish ambition. And there is pride. And there is vanity. That's why I say it's not about us. And if we're not intentional of, of not making it about us, we will make it about us. Because we're emotional beings and we're flawed. Verse seventeen but I like we got a couple butts. I like that we got we've got dueling butts. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy, and full of good fruits, unwavering without hypocrisy. And the seed whose fruit is righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace.